0: Welcome to Micro, a podcast for short but powerful writing. I'm your host, Drew Hawkins. Minotaurs, career goals, and self proclaimed good dudes. Today's episode features three tongue in cheek comedy pieces, all with subjects that are hotly debated. A reminder that persuasion can sometimes come with a laugh. In our first piece, join in on a group of 10th graders in a class that is part sex ed, part anatomy, and fully remarkable. Written by Josh Sippy and published in Neurological Literary Magazine, it's called Boys and Cows. Enjoy.
1: Boys and Cows. Mr. Tadley, the anatomy teacher, stands in front of the class with that stupid look on his face that he always had before a new class project, but given the human body-sized lump under the white tarp, everyone paid attention. There are undoubtedly some questions on your mind, he says in his attempt at a deep movie trailer voice, like, for instance, why my entire extended family is here with us today. That's my wife over there. Hi, Tina. She's pregnant, but I bet no one could tell. She's a beehive. And our parents, and what's under the tarp? Mikey coughs. He was always the type to interrupt a moment he wasn't involved in. Yes, that. Go ahead, Mikey. Pull it back and see. And Mikey steps up to the tarp and rips it back and immediately screams. And then the whole class screams, everyone except the extended family who apparently expected to see the pickled corpse of a minotaur resting on the line of 10th grade desks pushed together to form a makeshift table. That's right, Mr. Tedley says, from frogs to minotaurs. Who wants to take the first slice? And we all turn to Mikey, but Mikey has suddenly come down with a fierce case of the lookaways, and we all need a way out. Mr. Tadley is staring with eyes wider than the Serengeti, and it's all I can do to keep the question behind my teeth, but I can't any longer, so I just out and ask the damn thing. How is this a thing? I say in the most diplomatic way possible. Well, Killian, when a man loves a cow and Oh, Gerald, Tina says, laughing her pregnant laugh, and now I know Mr. Tadley's first name, which is the second most disturbing thing that's happened to me today. And Gerald, that's Mr. Tadley, looks at me and holds out a scalpel, and I know immediately that that scalpel is not cutting through the beefy exterior of this man-cow. So I take it hesitantly and smile and touch the blades of the exterior, and before I can even press, which I had no intention of doing, the whole torso opens up and shoots blue streams and blue slime and blue gelatin and blue spew of all sorts into the air, and I'm practically certifiable at this point. The class is, too. We were just wailing and flailing, and I definitely heard a few panic punches connect. I hear windows open and bodies fly through broken glass and the fire alarm's gone off. And I'm pretty sure Fernando is in the ceiling tiles, yep, he's just fallen through. And all the while Mr. Tadley, that's Gerald, is cheering with his wife who's crying and I just can't keep it together anymore as they say something over and over that says, and I think I heard this right, it's a boy, it's a boy. And I figure we should all know that, right? This minotaur's got horns, of course he's a boy.
0: Josh Sippy is a New York City-based writer, editor of The Razor, and associate editor at Uncharted Mag. You can find him on Twitter at Sippinator10 or on his website at joshsippy.com. Our second piece, titled Whimsical Abortion Procedures, offers options that you may not have heard of involving storks and confetti. Written by Amy Collier, it was published in The Rumpus. Enjoy.
2: Whimsical abortion procedures. Gently poke your tummy with a pin. Watch it release a puff of confetti and deflate. Write down each of your career goals onto separate pieces of paper. Chew and swallow. The paper in your system should take care of everything. Pay off the stork to remove your house from its route. Find food on floor dropped by each child you already birthed and now support. Boil in water, strain, and infuse liquid into balm. Rub balm on tired arms. In bed the night before a busy day, Count the number of hours you prefer to sleep. Repeat until you fall into a childless slumber. Pregnancy should be gone by morning. Mentally replay every worst memory of your childhood until pregnancy is scared away. Works every time. Lift your favorite caffeinated beverage to your lips and sing into it the anthems of the schools you'd like to attend instead of having a child. Prepare a syringe with the brew and inject yourself. Note the numerical imbalance between the number of male and female biographical Wikipedia articles. Read Wikipedia sections of every famous man's wife or mother. Your female body will shut down pregnancy upon finding that women haven't had lives of their own throughout history. Close your eyes and focus very hard on the uninterrupted quiet all around you. When you hear a soft pop, you will know that your pregnancy is gone. Litigate your partner's testes until they are mandated to carry the pregnancy and decide what to do with it. Legally change your name to Not Pregnant. Pregnancy will auto-nullify and you will not get pregnant again unless you choose to legally change your name back. Fill a hot bath. Lower your face into the water and list everything you like to do in your free time. Bathe in this as the pregnancy exits through your pores. Dial into the worldwide womb. Go to your reproductive system server. And overwrite the code of your pregnancy. Take a ride on the aborto coaster. Move to the land of abortions, where people with uteruses are provided abortions free of charge, also known as Norway.:
0: Amy Collier once saw Fabio at an airport. You can find her on Twitter at amy underscore corp, on Instagram at amy Collier, or on her website at amycollierdesign.com slash writing. Diverse scene, Welcome Second White Woman, writes Chrissy Howard for The Hard Times. And of course, all the guys driven to the punk shows by their mothers have something to say about it our third and final comedy piece. Enjoy.
3: Diverse scene welcomes second white woman, Whitefish Montana. An inclusive punk scene was applauded for acts of bravery late yesterday evening after members openly welcomed a second white woman to stand among their entirely white graces, Touch Sources reported. We know that punk can be seen as a bit of a boys' club, but we're not like those other guys who might gatekeep or prevent anyone looking for or needing a sense of community from finding it, said DIY space organizer, show promoter, and frontman for three different bands, Russ Callahan. We want everyone to know that our scene is made up of a diverse group of men and women, which we can say now that there's two of them. The woman in question, Casey Sapp, said she was honored to be included among her peers. I see this as a huge responsibility and an opportunity to offer a different perspective to the scene, she said, of the 12 men and one woman who share the same race, socioeconomic background, and sexual identity as her. I know I owe this to the woman who came before me, who made a huge stride in the area of standing in a room to listen to a band. Hopefully, I'll be able to inspire those younger than me who are just coming up to not be afraid to take up space here, even if she is a woman and especially if she's also white. Not everyone informed of the news was supportive of the shift in scene representation. I'm all for inclusivity, but seriously, I think this is just going way too far, said scene veteran and good dude, Elijah Hayes. Of course, we welcome all sorts of different kinds of people. That's why we have Christine. But if we just start opening the doors to every single person who wants in, we're going to end up with what? Three white women? Where does it end? It's just not fair to the rest of us. We worked hard to get here. And if you don't believe me, you can ask our moms. They drove us. I feel like I don't even recognize my own scene anymore, he added. At press time, every single member of the local scene was seen applying for diversity scholarships to various liberal arts colleges.
0: Chrissy Howard is a New Mexico-based writer and currently works as the managing editor for the punk satire site, The Hard Times. You can find her on Instagram at PeopleFood. Well, that's our last laugh and the end of the show. This episode was edited and curated by Dylan Evers and produced and hosted by me, Drew Hawkins. Our theme song is by Matt Ordez, and May Kaufman runs our social media. You can find our show on LitHub on our website at micropodcast.org or wherever you get your podcast. And be sure to check out our new interview series with Kirsten Renault called Five Cues with Kirsten. We've got a full transcript up on our website, and if you need subtitles, we do have that on our YouTube page, and you can find links to that on our website as well. Hit that subscribe button and do leave a rating and review if you're feeling especially generous. It helps more people find the show and we super appreciate it. Also be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Podcast micro. Thanks for listening.